Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. It's a little different this week. If you've uh, been following this podcast for some length of time, you know that I've done a little subgenre called the Critical Conversations. This one is uh, episode number two with Robert Russ. This is a longer form, uh, probably more informative than just kind of the casual three things that I normally talk to people about. It's still a great episode. Um, Robert Russ is my brother-in-law who is a, I'll say, marketer up here in northern Vermont. He works for um, Gray TV and is the regional something-something. He's like the Michael Scott. That's that's basically how I've understood it. He's like the Michael Scott of marketing up here. He gives some great insights that might help business owners or even those. I ask him a lot about trainers and in something else, in a different club, in a boutique, whatever it might be, and how you can market yourself. So it's a good episode. Again, it's a little longer. You might have to chunk this up. This might handle your commute to and from work. I don't know. Um, But again, this is Critical Conversations number two featuring Robert Russ, and I will see you next week. As we start to record this at 7.32 on a Friday night, um, this might turn into a critical conversations depending on, on the depth of the conversation and what Robert can bring to the table. So he might be episode two of the critical conversations. Shout out to Kristen Callahan. First episode of critical conversations, a little bit longer form of the three things on topics that probably need a little bit more than 15 to 20 minutes. Um, but Robert, tell us who you are, what you do and why you do it. Well, I think they know who I am. I'm Robert Russ. I'm his brother-in-law. Um, I work for a local news station. I am currently a local sales manager. Uh, and what we do is we sell advertising to local businesses, um, as well as agencies that deal with national businesses or, or also local businesses. Um, but we sell everything from your TV and traditional media to digital advertising and everything you see on, online on the web. Um, and I do it because I love marketing. I've always loved marketing. I think it's very interesting that you're able to persuade people based on using video, pictures, uh, verbiage, um, just you know any sort of tactic or strategy there is out there. Um, and it's very interesting because it, it changes every day. You know, there's no one that's a master or a digital guru, even though people claim to be, because constantly it's changing and there's new tactics and strategies. Um, so you just got to be willing to always learn and adapt to what's going on in the. Uh, in the economy and in the, um, you know, market. I'm actually slightly impressed at, at how you answered that. Um, Robert and I's conversations typically don't stray much more from training local breweries um, <clears throat> and the occasional swapping stories of, uh, of business endeavors. But what I think um, is kind of interesting in talking to Robert more about kind of what he's done and how he's grown and, as a fitness professional who runs a facility, um, works for a larger entity, and, and just talking to other people, um, if you've listened to any uh, previous episodes, whether it be with John Moljo, Nicole Madonia, PJ Strebel, um, some of the other guys, we talk a little bit more about business. And talking to someone who kind of specializes in marketing, I think it's, it's going to be kind of a different episode. There's not going to be a lot of fitness talk, but we're definitely going to talk about how like Robert's expertise can can help business owners or people who even are like independent contractors or, or 
personal trainers in a commercial gym kind of market themselves better. So uh, like typical three things podcast, if this is your first episode, because you're one of Robert's five friends or you're Robert's mom, um, my mother-in-law, shout out Kim Russ, um, greatest woman in the world that's not named Jen Russ, my wife, um, probably should edit that out. Uh, you know, the three things comes from, shut up, Robert. This is my <laughs> podcast. God damn it. Don't bogart my podcast. It's called the Coach Casey Lee fucking three things podcast. It was the first episode. It's not the first episode. Fuck. Um, sorry, mom. Who's listening? Cursing on this. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but um, the three things format, Robert doesn't know what I'm about to ask him. So he's going to kind of go off the cuff on this as far as uh, his reaction. It's very candid, very authentic. Um, again, 7.36 on a Friday night. So, um, Robert, the first thing I, I kind of want to ask you, now that you, you've been doing what you've been doing for a couple of years now and, and you've, you've had the opportunity to kind of climb through the ranks at, at, at your, your uh, company, um, what is probably the one misunderstanding that people have when it comes to marketing? And yes, that's a very broad topic, but in, in no particular business setting, but what's one thing that people kind of don't really truly understand or grasp the value of when it comes to marketing? Oh, good question. That's uh, why I'm, I, I, that's what I'm here to do. Well, I mean, there's actually, there's, there's a bunch of things. First, coming from a, a student standpoint, any, anybody out there going to school right now, you know, taking marketing as a, you know, their, their degree and that's what they want to study. Uh, you know, the first thing that, I learned when I got out of school and graduated and started doing what I'm doing is that every business owner out there hates marketing. They hate it. For the most part, that's a great beer, by the way. Um, the reason why is because, you know, a lot of marketing, it's hard to track. That's why a lot of people love the digital world is because you can get the analytics. You can see what your clicks are. You can see what your click through rate is, your conversion rate, all that stuff, which people love. However, you know, with marketing, you didn't build Nike, you didn't build Geico off of looking at click-through rates and getting the best click and going with that ad nonstop. You do it by being consistent in branding. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of people misunderstand is what they like to do is they like to try something for a month and then they say, oh, I didn't see my return on my money because my cash register didn't ring. So then they stop before they even give it a chance. And then a couple months down the road, someone brings that up and then they talk about, oh yeah, I saw your ad on TV. And then a person realizes, oh, I haven't been running an ad on TV for over a year now, but somebody came in and said they saw it. So, huh, I guess that did work. Um, you know, another thing that I think a lot of people need to know about marketing um, is you can't just put together the coolest visual that you can think of and call it an ad. You really need to think about the consumer buying cycle and what the process is that the consumer goes through. You know, you need to figure out what their point of entry is. What are the first questions that they're going to ask your salespeople? And then your ad and your whatever marketing you're doing needs to make sure that it's got a clear message and it has a strong call to action. Um, and, you know, you're going to achieve the goals that you wanted at the beginning. Um, a lot of people nowadays think you can just make an ad saying you've been in business 20 years, you're family owned, you're local Vermonter, and then you're going to get a ton of customers from running that ad, which is not the case. You need to tell the customer what you want them to do what your niche is, how you're different than competitors. And then you really need to base your overall campaign around what your marketing goals are for the year. And then you got to stick with it. Um, in my mind, you shouldn't do anything less than a year before you actually judge whether or not it works because you need to get the frequency and the reach out there uh, in order to really see the results. Slightly impressed as your brother-in-law 
Um, I'm, I'm actually impressed you have the brain capacity to do that, but no, really on a serious note. So if we're like taking that in and kind of tying it into, to a, a fitness professional, a commercial gym, personal trainer, um, maybe an independent contractor who's leasing space. Um, and they're, they're trying to market themselves within another brand that is marketing themselves and kind of follow me here. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a process. How, how does it perceive to you or, or like what would be a good way to go about maybe if you're a subsidiary of something else, like marketing that. So example, it, hopefully this helps explain it better. If I'm a personal trainer and I specialize in Olympic lifting, or if I want to be the Olympic lifting guy at a gym and the gym is maybe a health club that caters to swimming or it caters, you know, there, there's other, there's other avenues or other things that the health club is known for. Like, how do you, how would you go about co-branding different aspects of a business that maybe are kind of broad or tough to convey to a consumer? Does that make sense? Not really, but, <laughs> uh, but I think I get what you're saying. So you're talking about like if you're, uh, if you're focused towards swimmers, but then you decide you want to open up a Olympic weightlifting portion kind of, of your the business. Flip-flop. So let me reframe it. So I'm, there's a, I'm a business. I have multiple things that I perceive as my niche. Okay. But I'm trying to market one of those niche specialties more than others without really affecting kind of the overall image of my company. Okay. Is that like, is that a thing? Yeah, it's fine. Like maybe I'm like, so maybe I, you know, like we were just talking about this place in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, shout out John Moljo episode on the ferry. Um, it's called Box Bakery. And they're, they're a phenomenal little bakery. They make unreal like donuts and pastries and things like that. And, and we literally, I literally said like, how do they make their money? You know, and you said, oh, there's specialty cakes and things like that and, and bigger orders. If you're known, like, as a consumer, when I walk into, like, a gym and I'm thinking, like, ooh, I'm a gym, fitness, health, like, just weights. But maybe I want to be known for something else or, like, a, I'm trying to market a, a little subsidiary piece of the bigger business. Like, what are some, some things or tactics of, like, okay, I want to market this avenue, but I don't want it to affect my overall image to my consumer, but I want to make them aware of what I might be doing as like a new program or as a featured program. Like, what is, like, what would, what would you recommend? Like, if, if I'm your client, how would you recommend I want to do that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no right, right answer to that. Um, and I'm definitely not a marketing or... You're a marketing guy. I'm a marketing You're, guy, I'm your but client. I wouldn't say I'm a Help specialist. Me I mean, I You're still a have fucking a lot, specialist. I still have a lot to learn. I mean, what I would say is just run a different campaign. Don't try to tie everything together. I think that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of local businesses do is they try to put too much information in one ad or one campaign. You know, whether you're... Uh, you know, an apparel store and you have all these different types of brands and you want everyone to know every single type of brand you have. Like that's not what you should do. There's too much information. No one can grasp on one thing of what you're trying to get in front of them or tell them. So you're better off, you know, creating separate ads, running separate campaigns. Um, you know, if you're focused on getting, uh, you know, people that run marathons, you do one campaign for that. If you're focusing on another thing on, you know, people that want to be a bodybuilder, you focus a different campaign on that with different marketing budgets, um, different creative, you know, different uh, talent inside of those uh, 
inside of those ads as well as you know you, you you're essentially what you're doing is you're just trying to reach a different demographic so what you have to do is depending on what demographic you're trying to reach just make sure that whatever creative or whatever ad or whatever message you're trying to get in front of them is just the the correct message that's gonna you know reach them in the way that you want them to understand what you're offering as a product or as a service because right. if you throw too much in one ad people are just not going to be able to retain that information all right so I want to I want to not backtrack but you said a couple of words in there that I want to kind of elaborate on a little bit cuz honestly like like I don't this is one thing and the reason I wanted to kind of do this podcast and I've been kind of not itching to do it because I know like you're my brother-in-law and I see you plenty but like one thing I think that this episode really brings value is maybe there's some ideas and concepts that people don't really understand and the first one like so define what a campaign is like how long is it what does it typically entail Give me like kind of maybe even like a rough sample concept. Again, I mean that that all depends on what your business is and what you're trying to sell because a campaign is developed based on a consumer buying cycle. Buying a car. If you look at buying a car 10 years ago, people would spend probably three, four weeks, uh, you know, going around to different dealerships, talking to salespeople, understanding the different features that these different models or different brands can offer. Nowadays, you know, when somebody goes to a car dealership on that lot, they're ready to buy because they've already gathered all that information online. So their buying cycle has sped up. You know, if you're talking about buying a home, the buying cycle for that is a lot longer. So therefore your campaign, which essentially is just your, your marketing plan needs to be expanded because it's a longer cycle. So you have to keep your business or your name in front of them for a longer period of time. So it all depends. I mean, when you're, excuse me, um, that's the beer. Um, <laughs> When you're, when you, wait, like if you're a restaurant and you're just trying to get people to go there for dinner, you know, the buying cycle for that is quick. It's just, okay, well, did I advertise at the right time? Well, what I tell local restaurants, start advertising on, you know, Thursday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, advertise around noontime. If you want people to get in there for dinner, you know, don't start advertising at five o'clock at night saying, Hey, come to our restaurant for dinner because odds are that person's sitting down right then and there and eating dinner while watching TV or wherever they're looking at your media. So um, a lot of it is the buying cycle. A lot of it is understanding what the consumer behavior is um, and making sure that you just have that right message um, out there in front of them. You know, the, a lot of marketers will say it's the lucky number three where you have to get your name or your message in front of somebody three times before they can actually retain that information. I thought it was seven. Why have I heard seven? I don't know. Um, is it really it? Uh, I, I've always heard three. Um, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, the average person sees over 10,000 brands in a day. So it probably takes more. Shit. Yeah. I mean, everything you look at right now, you're looking at this table, you see OtterBox, you see the Apple logo, you see your Barstool Sports <laughs> pipe glass, you see your Dell computer. I mean, there's just, there's brands, there's HP, brand logos, there's images everywhere. So Let it be known. This is being recorded on a Beats Audio HP Pavilion former DJ Two Scoops laptop. <coughs> Wasn't a wannabe, had paid gigs. So the other word you mentioned there was creative. Yep. Like, give me a definition of creative. Creative, the ad itself. So whether you see uh, that commercial that has the Geico gecko in it, um, whether you see the Barstool sports logo that has the bench stool, creative includes everything that you see in an advertisement. So when we talk about creative, we're talking about, you know, the picture you see in that digital ad 
um, that banner ad you see online. You're talking about that 15 second commercial that you that's called pre-roll that you see on YouTube before you can watch your video. Um, that you know type of advertisement that you really hate because 15 seconds can end your world apparently these days. Um, you know, it's a commercial you see on TV. It's the billboard you see when driving down the interstate. Um, obviously, not in Vermont, but every other state pretty much. I mean, it's it's any ad. People talk and they use the term creative because you have to create that ad. Okay. I didn't know that. It's not that complex. I didn't yeah, know that. I it sounds a lot more complex. When than you it say creative, is. I think how are we making the ad versus what that ad is. Yeah. It actually brings up a, another good point. Um, the thing that drives me nuts is, and I hear it all the time. Well, when I was out in the field selling, I heard it all the time is, you know, there's a bunch of marketing buzzwords that people fall for. Um, geofence, uh, pay-per-click, uh, view through conversions. Um, you know, there's just a bunch of different terms. Basically all it is is just a way for a marketing agency or marketing people to make it sound like they know what they're talking about. Okay, but, this shit just got lit. Yeah, don't, so, don't fall for that. It's, 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 you know, it's a hoax. It's all very simple people. It's kind of like the finance world where they like to give it big words to confuse people and make it sound complex even though they could probably do it themselves. You guys can't see this, but I literally just turned my chair. I moved the beverage that I'm drinking right now. Shout out to Green Empire Brewing, Colchester, Vermont. So you mentioned like these buzzwords and this is something that I think I've fallen for. And I, I mean, I, I'm not going to say what I've fallen for because I don't want you to judge me. But if say I'm running and this is huge in fitness, like social media yep. ads, banner ads in Instagram, sponsored posts, um, you know, on Facebook, whatever it might be. But one of the things that you pay for is literally like on Facebook ads. And I'm not by any means, I'm so not a, a marketing guy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to boost this post or I'm going to try to boost mm. this. And you end up paying based off of either it's exposure, impressions, it's clicks. Digital marketing is real hot right now. That's that, that shit is Cardi B hot in the streets. Yep. But I like, so if I'm running a social media ad, this is a very broad topic what are things that I should be looking at or what are the real criteria that I should pay for? Yep. Um, Cause so geofencing something that I've heard you say and like people think that shit is like legit. Like I yep. walk into a Chevy no, dealership is. and I'm a Ford dealership and every time that someone walks into a Chevy dealership, they see a Ford ad. Yep. So before I answer that question, it's a good question. Thank you. Um, I, I, that's why I run the podcast. What I want to say is, you know, what the first thing you said is how digital marketing is a huge trend right now and it is and don't get me wrong digital marketing is great however a lot more credit goes to digital marketing than is due and the reason for that is because digital marketing is the last type of advertising or marketing that touches the consumer before they make the buy when you think about it when someone sees oh yeah i want to buy a brand new flat screen tv they go online, they look at it, they type in Best Buy, they click on the, the pay-per-click program, the AdWords that Google gives, or it doesn't give, the one that AdWords, which is what Google basically sells um, to, in order to get your website up to the top of the search engine. And everyone gives the credit to the digital ad. However, there's a lot of things. And I might be biased because I'm a TV guy. TV stimulates the market. 
TV creates that image, that idea of what the consumer needs. You know, when you're sitting in your room, you're looking at a really old TV and you see a TV commercial that's talking about a brand new flat screen at Best Buy. What is the first thing you do? You probably pick up your tablet, your iPad, whatever. You probably Google Best Buy. You click on that AdWords campaign ad that's at the top of the search engine because it's the most convenient because people are lazy and don't want to scroll down. And then basically everyone gives credit to that ad right there on Google. However, TV is really the thing that stimulated what that customer wanted to do. You know, that could be in a magazine, that could be a radio ad, I mean, that could be a you know, billboard, it, it could be anything. I'm not trying to be biased towards TV. But the reason why people like digital advertising is because it has the analytics and you can actually track it. So now that I'm done on that tangent. Rant. Yeah. Now <laughs> on to your Rant. question. I honestly don't even remember what your question was. Well, what are like so? I'm setting up a digital ad, and I use social media because that's what a lot of fitness people I think gear towards, and they hear is Facebook, reach your consumer directly, Instagram, like it's they're right there, like they can click the ad. Like what? What do I? What should I one? If I want to run a social media ad, what should I be paying for criteria wise? And two, like just help me navigate this. Yeah, this whole thing. So. So basically, the biggest thing to understand is you got to compare apples to apples. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people say, oh, well, I got a thousand you know, ads on over here. or I got a million ads over here for this amount of money. It doesn't matter how many ads you get. It matters how many people you actually reach. And that is the phrase CPM, which is the cost per thousand views. So whenever you're looking at doing any sort of digital advertising or any advertising in general, the way to compare it from one platform to another is looking at the cost to reach a thousand people because that essentially is your long-term goal. You don't care where you reach people. You just matter that all that matters is that you actually reach people. So when you reach people, you know, and you can get the best CPM or the best cost per thousand, that's really what you should use to kind of evaluate, okay, was this worthwhile or not? Um, when you're doing a boost, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at your demo, you know, you gotta understand who your target audience is going to be, whether it's going to be a, a male demographic, a female demographic, whether it's going to be people 25 to 54, maybe 18 and plus, or maybe it applies to everyone, or maybe it's you're doing a, um, you know, healthcare plan that only benefits people 65 and older because they're the ones that are retired. Um, Understanding who your consumer is and really targeting that. The other thing is geographic. You know, I mean, if you're an e-commerce website, it doesn't apply as much because you can sell to anyone anywhere. But if you're a local business, why are you spending money advertising over in New York when odds are the majority of your business is coming from Chittenden County? It's things like that. So if I'm say, and this is, this is another like kind of fitness oriented question. Say I am, I'm a, a training studio. I do semi-private training, um, which is not what you do. You buy one-on-one training cause you're bougie. Um, and I am trying to reach people locally. What, and, and like you said, um, like, you know, like target demographic, like say I, in my head, I'm like, man, I, I'm applicable to anyone. I don't care if you're 80, I don't care if you're 22 and you're a former college athlete, I can apply to anyone. But in reality, and you said like thinking about who your demographic really is, like what are some questions that you've asked people, whether it be potential clients or current clients you know, like you say, hey, who's your demographic? And they say, everyone, because everyone can buy a car. Mm-hmm. Everyone can come to the store that I, I sell general goods for. But what are some follow-up questions you ask to really target what is your demographic? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, a lot of that too. That's, that's another good question. You should have thanked me for that one. That's a great question. It's Jason. a great question. And it's a hard question. Um, you know, it, you know, it's part of, part of it is going to be, you know, what are you selling? What's your biggest profit margin? Cause that's what I always tell people to, you know, you can get, you know, if, for example, if you're a plumbing and heating company and you're advertising, yeah, you make money off of doing service uh, calls. Like if somebody has got a loose pipe or something like that and you go over there and your guy just fix it. Yeah, sure. You make money off of that, but you make a better profit when you actually go and you install a heating pump. Um, so those are the type of questions you need to ask. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, you might apply to everyone, but what is the best customer for you? For example, yeah, you might apply to everyone and you do group training sessions, but you make more money off of doing individual sessions. So wouldn't you want the type of consumer that's going to want to buy individual sessions because you're going to have a better profit margin? Well, that just goes to show you don't know my market because I make more money off of group sessions. You're right. But whatever. Yep. You're a marketer. You are not a personal trainer for sure. Um, that is why, that's why I ask those questions. Cause if you're doing that, then you need to target, you know, you're probably the typical people that do group sessions. You know, I shouldn't say that it's probably not typical, but you probably have more younger people that do like high school or athletes and things like that, that do group sessions rather than the adults. Yeah, for sure. Part of that is also because of their lifestyle, their lifestyle, you know, adults, they don't have the same amount of time as a teenager has. So if a teenager has more times, yes, you should be marketing, you know, geared towards them. But at the end of the day, who also pays for them? The parents. Yeah. So why wouldn't you advertise towards the parents with two different campaigns? One geared towards kids, but you're still targeting parents because they pay for it. Another one geared towards adults, specifically for them saying, hey, we can make any time work. Reach out to me and we'll figure out a plan. So how would that work in a social world? Is that just literally like the same as like, maybe I, I boost a campaign targeted towards you one like demographic? Yeah, like if I boost a, a campaign targeted towards one demographic, but then maybe my direct posts that aren't boosted are towards another? Like, can you run yeah. simultaneous campaigns? Oh, absolutely. Like? Uh, any, if you're willing to spend money, any platform. Say I'm balling it. on a budget. You're balling on a budget, absolutely. You should spend half of your money geared towards focusing on, you know, servicing kids in the younger demographic, athletes, high school athletes, kids that want to be college athletes and training them and prepping them for that. And then you should spend a separate budget with different creative there's that term again, creative, hey, a different Don't, ad. don't fucking, don't, yeah, I'm do giving not, him a fucking, giving not, him a fucking don't eyeball. even stare at the microphone. Yeah. This, so, side note, don't forget your topic, remember it. So, like, we're talking before we push record on this podcast, and I'm like, yeah, Robert, like, don't, you know, like, people, people kind of fuck up doing a podcast where they think they're, like, talking to a room full of people, like, it's really just me and you bickering right now. Like, keep it that way. Like, let people kind of decipher their own opinion. He's, like, staring at the microphone like it's an audience of 100,000 people, like, going to be asking, like, questions and shit like that. This guy, this guy doesn't even have any social media. Like, he's not even on Instagram. Like, don't even – don't listen to this guy as far as, like, what that – whatever. Yeah, so he's – yeah, he's not, but whatever. So, anyway, so, like, I'm running a separate campaign. Yeah. Pick so up you, where you left off. So, you do, you do a separate creative for the adults. I mean – you can't expect when you when you're watching TV and you see an advertisement for The Incredibles. Do you really expect a 50 year old male to be interested in that? I mean, granted, I understand there's probably 50 year old males out there, but however, the majority of people is going to be the younger demographic. So when you're trying to target adults, 
make it more sophisticated, make it more applicable to what their lifestyle is like, make it easier for them to say, Hey, you're right. That would work in my schedule. Fuck. I should do this. I could lose 10 pounds. Oh yeah. I got that extra thousand bucks in my pocket that I don't know what to do with. And I'm worried about my health and my doctor says my cholesterol is high. Oh, maybe I should call Casey Lee. Um, yeah. Wish there's you a little should. tagline. So um, you're welcome. what if, and let me switch. I think this, this podcast definitely now qualifies for critical conversations because I'm looking at the clock over there. We're like 40 minutes deep. Maybe not. Maybe it's like 20 minutes. I don't know. Hard to tell. But it's a little, years. no, it's little green letters. It's like I'm across. I'm looking at the oven clock. So what if I'm marketing in, in a, in what's probably a perceived saturated market, okay. right? You're a car dealership. Like there's, there's so, like there's the established brands. Say I'm, I'm just trying to basically not differentiate with myself within a saturated market, but I'm just trying to keep up with a saturated market. What yep. would be your best advice? Focus on one thing. Such as? For example, if you're a car dealership, and I mean, actually this year, they said the car dealer market was supposed to go, go down. Like the, the amount of you know, cars that are bought were supposed to be a decrease compared to last year. However, it's actually been a pretty solid year based off of what I've heard. Um, anyway, that was a side note. Um, sorry. Um, but I mean, I would say focus on one thing and really dominate that. Like if you're a car dealer and you want to sell, you know, you want to sell cars, you know, what we tell people is be the, you know, the truck king, uh, be the, you know, the sedan expert, be the SUV guru, like focus on one thing before you try to change it and go to the next thing. Because what that's going to do is it's going to establish everyone in the market saying, Oh, I know Casey Lee. Oh, he's that you know, that personal trainer that gets you ripped, um, you know, gets you that good beach body. I want him, not the, oh, Casey Lee. Yeah, he can help me lose a couple pounds, but also be a better runner. Or, oh, he's going to help me with my, uh, my speed or my quickness. You know, you got to focus on one thing, concentrate on that, and then allow everyone to know that. And then that's when you build that brand, then that's when you can start, you know, kind of, you know, splitting off and doing other little things and building up other brands. Um, you know, a lot of people, they try to do too much at once and they don't give it enough time for consumers to actually sink in and retain that info. So they try to say, Oh, I'm the truck King. And then, you know, three months later, Oh, I'm the SUV expert. And then people are confused and don't actually think of them as, Oh, knowing trucks or Oh, them knowing SUVs. Um, I mean, anything with marketing is about consistency and reach. You know, you got to be able to have the frequency out there. You got to reach people on a consistent basis and make sure that whatever you're putting in front of them is legitimate and is something that they can apply to themselves or their lifestyle. Okay. So case study time. Say I have a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's modest. It gets anywhere from 150 to 300 downloads. Wait, you have a podcast? I do have a podcast. Is that what this is? This, I mean, I, only if it gets published. Um, wow, don't be one. Of, don't be one of those people. So, say I have a podcast. It's it's not Joe Rogan. It's not you know on Spotify or whatever. But say I you know I have th 150 to 300 downloads or unique plays per episode, and I would really like that number to be 500. Yep. Say it's a shorter podcast. Maybe they talk about three things. Um, maybe occasionally they have like longer conversations. And I want to market this podcast. I think it can reach a specific audience of fitness professionals um, who maybe are interested in just this general topic. Maybe, you know, like just your, your pretty average commercial gym, you know, and, and gym trainer. Okay. Maybe it's, you know, just fitness trainers in general, but like just 
you know, there's some comedic relief. There's some general topics that spark interest in their brain. Okay. Um, so it's a general product, okay. right? There's nothing too specific other than who might listen to it. Okay. Um, and it's not the guy who hosts mom. Um, even though she probably does listen, she had her own episode, like number 32 or something like that, but either way. So you lost me yeah, so I want to market it. I want to get my specific outcome is I want more people to know about it. Yep. How would I market it? Oh, well, what would you suggest? What is, would you suggest? I mean, that's hard because I don't, first of all, I don't know enough about it. Like, do you have money? Are you yes, my marketing budget, my marketing budget is $150. So you don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like what? That's not, yeah. So side, side note, like side note, you're going to have to do, you're going to have so to. So what's like an average, like what is an average campaign that you deal with? And don't, don't give me one of these agency bullshit, six figure numbers. Like I'm a small business. Who, who how much do I spend to get any substantial results because i know you've been asked that question don't yeah. fucking say here that I'm some not, small business not, in northern not. vermont isn't going to look at you and be like how much do i got to spend to actually see results what is that answer i've worked with businesses that have spent as little as 200 bucks a month that have gone all the how way many months to, don't give me a fucking per month what's a total 200 total bucks year? a month total what do they do like what what do you mean i mean i've I mean, worked with everyone that spent 200 bucks a month to how many months grand a month. how many months uh, 200 bucks a month doesn't mean anything if it's one month. Okay. So, spent 200 so bucks. for example, we've worked with a nursery, right? So plants. Great. Fucking plants. Plant nursery. They, spell, they sell hanging baskets for $9.99. And they spend, I think they spent like 700 bucks, you know, in the springtime and in the fall time. And they've seen a return on their investment. So, but then I've also worked through car dealerships that have spent 15,000 a month and have seen return on their investment. It all depends on what you're selling. You can't just expect, okay, I'm going to go spend a hundred bucks. Yeah. I need, well, to, why see, does it I need to see a hundred new. Why, why does it depend? Because you think, okay, because for example, when you go out and buy a hanging basket, how much thought do you put behind spending $10? Zero. Exactly. When you Zero. go buy a car, how much thought do you put behind it? A lot more. Exactly. So that's a lot more time and a lot more money you have to spend in order to keep your business in front of that so where consumer. does fitness rank in that fitness i mean fitness is different because it's a service it's not necessarily a product so, well and because people all have their own impression of what the value is behind a trainer for me i know the value i love health i love fitness you know i studied nutrition in school that's just a little you know, throw <laughs> Uh, anyway, ladies, uh, hit me up uh, on Facebook, uh, Snapchat. Uh, I will put his personal yes, email you. in this. Uh, anyway, though, but for me, I see huge value behind you know my health and my fitness. Where there's people out there that could give two shits about their health or fitness, they just don't. They don't care about it. So it all depends on what the value is behind an individual. So that's that's part of the reason why the price per campaign will change. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? You videoing yes, IG live. Wow. Um, IG Instagram. Is that what IG is? Yeah, it's IG live. Keep going. Keep going. I was just right. adjusting it because it got anyway. a little bit. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it all depends on what the product is. I mean, 150 bucks. Good luck. You're you're not going to increase. So that. what's the your so, best thing you could do is 
doing involving. <laughs> no, no, not even that. So nowadays, a lot of people don't understand this. People think social media is still the best place to advertise. Well, Facebook is getting greedier and greedier. So when you do a post now, you only reach 10% of the people that actually are your followers. So that's mm. why you actually have to boost it and spend money. But even when you do that, it's kind of like Google AdWords where you're only reaching those people when you spend that money. As soon as you stop spending money, boom, no one sees those posts anymore. No one sees your Google AdWords anymore. So what you have to do is you need to get more engagement with people and you need to do it in a natural organic way. The reason and the, or not the reason, the way you do that contests, involvement, call-ins, anything you can do to get viewers engaged, you know, whether it's IG not, lives. Hey, yeah, IG oh, lives. You? I don't like that. Anyway, I'm glad I didn't, you know, change in my sweats, but, um, but yeah, I mean, getting, getting your viewers engaged is probably for you when, when you have a low budget like that is going to be your best way of growing your business. You know, the other thing is frequency. How often are you doing these podcasts? You know, if you really want people to start listening and, you know, getting more viewers and more listeners, you got to do this consistently. You can't just do it every whim or every time you get a few, you know, you get an hour to spare and you got a friend over or something like that. What, what are you saying? Um, I'm saying that, that how long, I mean, I know this is your first podcast, but I'm just trying to, you know, prepare you for the future. And, make well, sure you and the reason this. I ask is because like, you know, fitness is something that people perceive different values. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is to some people. It's, Hey, the doctor told me I have to lose 15 pounds right. or I'm going to be on reasons. a pill. Yeah. Or maybe it's a young person who's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not 19 anymore. I'm just trying to, you know, look as good as I did when I was 19. You know, like people perceive different things. I guess that's true with anything. Like some people, a car is a luxury item yep. and some people, a car is just a point A to point B tool that they use. Yep. And sure. it's just like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, people's budgets are different things. Like if you're, if you're uh, like the gym that I work at and you can pay a thousand dollars a month and put fifteen thousand dollars a year towards specific one company's marketing tools like great but if you're a boutique studio and maybe you have you know a hundred and fifty dollars a month like are you so you're saying your your best bet is to organically build social media buy some t-shirts and do raffle contests i mean for you specifically because that might be the answer i don't know like I, what's i mean the, the other thing you got to look at too is what's your roi what's your return on investment what's a new customer worth to you what's a new listener worth to you Right now, this podcast, you don't make shit off. You don't fucking know that. <laughs> you don't make shit You don't know that. Right. For it's, your viewers, it, oh, no. he's got a lot of followers, no. guys. This is a I great said, podcast. So people know, if you this follow me, podcast. like, if you follow me, no, like, we just cracked the 5,000 plays mark. Like, it's, yeah. it's whatever. It's like, good knowledge. I'm not Joe Rogan, but I'm not, I'm not saying I want to be Joe Rogan. What I'm saying is, you know, like, for a lot of fitness professionals, people that are either independent contractors or individuals that work within a different entity, something like, like I work in a commercial gym. How do I market myself as an individual within a larger organization? Brand yourself. So I branded myself. You've already done that. Coach yeah. So, so what now? What now? Continue it. Don't, that's the thing. People don't, people think that, Oh, as soon as I run a couple campaigns, boom, I should automatically get new customers. Get no. me new customers, Robert. Patience, young grass. <laughs> You've got to be consistent. You've got to build your brand. Do you think fucking Nike started after just one pay year you of to working? Do that? No. So how do you diffuse that? What is that like? We're like, hey, I paid you this money. You tell me that. I paid you, motherfucker. Okay. Have you set your fucking, have you set your advertising budget for the year? It would how be, much of your revenue that comes in do you put aside for marketing? 
It's like negative. You don't revenue. even know a percentage. <laughs> it's negative revenue. Every single industry, if you go online and Google don't look it, at the phone. Every single industry, if you go online, has a specific percentage that they recommend that you budget for marketing. Or if you're a clothing retail outlet or apparel outlet, I think it's like something like you know twelve percent. I don't know. I I don't know those things. But what I'm saying is, if you go online, you can find that basic information. Then what you do is you put that aside. You look you look at it as okay, this is an investment. If you truly believe in what you're doing, you should have no problem setting aside 10% of your fucking revenue and reinvesting that into marketing to get more customers. Otherwise, you're not going to fucking grow unless you rely on organic, which don't get me wrong, referrals, word of mouth, it's great. It's the best type of advertising you can do, but it's the only type of advertising you do not get to control. I finally got a good answer out of you. That was it. Thank you're you. Welcome. Take a drink, young grasshopper. That was an answer that, yep. Go back, push rewind, listen to Robert's little rant. He thinks he's hot Did you shit. my name? I didn't. No, I don't know. I almost called you something <laughs> a name that I probably shouldn't have called you. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's, that's the truth behind it, though, is people think like, well, I'm paying it similar to fitness. I paid you to lose 10 pounds, but, like, I'm not the one putting the slice of pizza in your mouth and the donuts yeah. on Saturday morning. But you it's the same thing with marketing. Like, just because we run an ad because that person still couldn't create their own brand marketing identity. Like what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? Like you can give your best advice. The, the, I can give you my best advice, but drinking three Valor ales on a Friday night's not going to help you get towards your goal. That's not public. It's not public. anyway, you, anyway, but you've got no, four viewers watching on Instagram live, but, right. um, but it's recorded for 24 hours. But the, so, so I, I do want to, I'm going to cut you off because I'm going to switch topics because I'm just going to go on a rant about this. So I think like, tell me, tell me a story about your best client that you have had over the last couple of years. Like someone who maybe was not, I don't want to say like skeptical, but like, man, yep. this person did a really good, give me the best practice. Yep. This person did a great job and it was because of. Us. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You're going to wow. tell the story into the microphone and I'll be right back. Keep talking the story. You're doing so good. Tell the story Man. and I'll listen to it when I play the podcast back. Disappointed. Not mad. Disappointed. All right. Best story. Um, I would, wow, this is weird talking to myself. Um, I would have to say my Best story would be I worked with a graphic design company and she was very skeptical. You know, I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, I'd love to just meet with you talk about here, what you you've currently done for marketing and see, you know, see what's going on, see what's worked, see what hasn't worked. Met with her, found out she's tried everything. She tried radio. She tried print. She tried online. She tried another TV station, just no success with anything. I said, I said, look, Hey, I get it. I know it's frustrating. You know, I know you're spending money and when you, you know, you see money going out the door and not coming back in, it's hard to keep doing that. It's hard to keep spending. So I told her, Hey, look, let's start small. Let's run some digital ads. Uh, let's see what the results are. Let's keep an eye on it. Let's manage it. Let's, you know, if we see one ads performing better than the other, let's, you know, switch, you know, where the money's going to and run it towards the ad that's being successful. So she was like, all right, sure. Fine. You know, she did it for, I think it was for six months. So she gave me six months because I told her that was the minimum I'd want to do. Um, otherwise, I felt like it wouldn't give her enough time to see results. So we did it for six months. And, you know, her, you know, I know I told people not to just rely on clicks, but her click-through rate was great. 
And the better thing was that, you know, the traffic on her website, like looking at Google analytics was even better. And she saw people were actually going through multiple pages on her website and were spending more time. So it wasn't just a bounce rate. So, you know, once I got her confidence in that, I was like, Hey, you know, I'd love to see, I'd love to see you do TV. I think TV would be even better. So I set her up with a, a TV campaign. You know, she was like, Hey Robert, you know, you, you showed me great results with the digital stuff. You know, I trust you. Let's, let's do the TV. So we went ahead and we did that set it up for a year. Um, you know, we, we produced a commercial, um, and actually she produced the commercial cause she's graphic design. So she actually had her team help produce that. Um, and then I got a call one day and she said, Hey Robert, is my ad running? I was like, yeah, we said we wanted it to start this week. And she's like, Oh my gosh. Like I thought we were going to start like next month, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I can stop it. She's like, no, no, no. I've already gotten phone calls. I've already gotten people calling in. Now she's based out of Morrisville, Vermont, and she gets business all the way over in Plattsburgh. And she's never done any advertising that could go over there. So the, the key points here are, you know, she understood what the key, you know, what her key demo was and who she was trying to reach. She was trying to reach business owners. Business owners are the ones that get up early, they stay at work late, so they're not gonna be home to watch, you know, the five o'clock news. So we had to run commercials early in the morning and later at night. And she started seeing great results from that. She got a bunch of business and I've been working with her you know, for three years since, and she's seen huge revenue growth. She's expanded. She got a new building. Um, you know, that's not, don't get me wrong. It's not all credited towards us, but you know, you can she, take credit for it. She, no, I'll take a little credit, but she, she definitely got a bunch of new businesses. She started to see that ROI. And the main reason for that was because we didn't just go in there and I didn't just sell her the best package, the best deal. I looked at, okay, who's your consumer? Yeah, you might have to pay more for spot for this because it's a better time period, but that's where your best consumers are gonna be, so it's worth it, rather than just getting the cheapest spots and the cheapest programs where there's people watching that don't even apply to what she's selling. So it's really understanding who your customer is, where they are, how you can reach them, and making sure you get the right message and the right call to action from them. What's a good, and so this was a term, and I'm totally well, this is, jumping this is interesting in. how you, <laughs> you have a follow-up question. When you weren't even here to listen so, to my answer. Well, no, because I've, I've heard this in some of the lovely meetings that I have. I, I sit in during on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. But, like, a call to action means what? Call to action. It's your message, and you're telling the consumer what they need to do. So, so if you see a TV commercial, and I'm pitching to you personal training. Yeah, please. That's a great applicable thing for this audience. Perfect. Personal training. My call to action is, hey, do you want to lose weight? Go to CoachCaseyLee.com, fill out our form, and we'll get, to, get back to you with a free quote. Don't actually do that because that's not what the form that says. That is not actually what it is. I'm just using that as an example. You can fill that out. It would be a great indicator of who actually listens to Robert's podcast. But you literally have to tell the consumer what to do. You know, the best part about what I do is I get a bunch of free research from all, well, it's free to me, our TV station pays for it, but I get a bunch of research uh, about all different types of marketing platforms, TV, radio, print, digital, whatever. And I actually get to see what works. And they send us samples of creative and ads that actually work and don't work. Well, people that spent $10,000 to, you know, produce a 30 second ad and it, it looked amazing, great footage, great video, everything. But, wow. <laughs> Dude, 
cute. That shit could fucking excuse, excuse, excuse you. Excuse you. Excuse you. Shut up. Well, I can't actually <laughs> smell that. I can't smell it. I can't uh, hear it. A lot of God damn. Uh, I gave, anyway. I at least fed Robert before yeah, this. Yeah, he fed me. Um, I don't know. You better finish. But yeah, yeah I, so they, you know, you spend all this money on a great commercial, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, you don't have a message in there that tells the customer what they need to do. It doesn't tell them, okay, go to this website or call, pick up the phone. Or you need to go to this location or, oh, we're having a sale on this date. So you need to be there then because it ends. You just got to be specific because people, you know, there's so many commercials out there that don't tell somebody what to do. And the business owner gets pissed off and says the advertising doesn't work when really it's because of what they had in the ad because they're too stubborn to listen to what everyone else tells them. So, and this might be a different, maybe it's a complete segue, but this is something that I heard, uh, you know, specifically it was Eric Cressy of Cressy Sports Performance of, of Gentleman who I've followed since I've started here. Shout out to Eric Cressy. If you ever want to come on the podcast, you absolutely can. Um, I can make time for you. But he talks about like top of mind or front of mind awareness. And they have a very mature business that is clearly defined. They, speak, they treat and train a specific niche or niche, depending on how you pronounce that word. But, but maybe like how does it differ if you're just trying to promote or stay on top of mind or front of mind awareness versus maybe you're trying to attract more new clients maybe you're just trying to keep people aware of what you do do you really need a call of action call to action so that's you know that's a good question it um, might be kind of different than what you're used to it, no it's so the thing the thing you got to understand is when people say top of mind it's another buzzword all it means is brand Top of mind just essentially means that the next time someone thinks, okay, I want to get a fit, uh, personal trainer, they think of Parisi or they think of Coach Casey Lee. That's all top of mind means. In order to do that, it just means you got to spend more money and you got to be in front of people more often. Um, you know, people aren't going to remember somebody that they've only seen once. People remember the same guy they see at the grocery store every Friday night because he's, he works that same shift every week at the cash register. So it's, it's, that's all it is. It's just being consistent and being in front of someone frequently and often. And, you know, if you want to do top of mind, you don't necessarily have to have a specific call to action with an end date, but you should still have a call to action because you need to tell somebody, Hey, you need to reach out to me. You need to talk to me about get setting up a free, uh, free estimate or, Hey, you need a free quote, or, uh, we could do a free workout to do a body composition or whatever it is that you personal trainers do um and you charge us a lot of money for it. so Fuck off. i'm not no don't, <laughs> don't i'm kidding but what i'm just saying it's just you gotta you still should have some sort of call to action um you know even if you are doing a branding or top of mind awareness message but uh, you know at the end of the day you want that person to take that next step and actually reach out to you or else it's a waste of money yeah i guess i just didn't know that's something that i i mean i'm not saying that's where like i am with with Parisi or whatever it might be, but like it's it's one of those where like when you maybe you're a business and you're like, man, I'm at capacity or I'm at near capacity and I'm not really looking to actively add new people, but I do kind of want to just let people know, hey, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. Like I just didn't know if it changed or anything True. like that. But that brings me back to the question. Would you take on a customer if it was the right customer? So if it's something you may have a good profit margin on, like let's say for example, if you make more on those classes and I'm coming from, um, you know, Holderness or you know Boston, you know, high school, say Holder. I don't know. Just, <laughs> you 
think of Holderness? I was thinking of, I was trying to think of a non-local <laughs> school, and I just went to Holderness? Gales, New Hampton football game, whatever. But anyway, so like for example, like if if I was at high school and I came to you and said, "Hey, I would love our team to train with you. Would you take it?" Yeah, even though you're busy because you make a good profit on it and because it's the right type of customer you'd want, you would take that business. Sure. But if I was coming to you as just myself, I wasn't your brother-in-law, even though you've turned me down as your brother-in-law. Yeah. And I said, hey, I want training. Would you probably say, well, I'm just so busy right now. I can't afford it because I have these teams I have to train. Probably. Mm, yes, I would. Exactly. <laughs> but if I came it's to you- It's weird you have that specific. It's weird you have that specific example. It's good, it's so right? Weird. It's, it's pretty it's good. Weird. Yeah. yeah. So if I came to you with a group of 20 kids and said, hey, I need my team to train with you, you'd be like, all right, I'll figure out a way to make it happen. I'll make it right away. So it's all about finding the right type of customer. Yeah. That's very, that's very valid. Um, wow. Like that's, I mean, hopefully, I mean, there's some rants in there. I yell at you, you yell at me, but- I mean, the, idea, the idea behind this is like, you know, if you're a small business owner or you're a business owner, or even if you're like a trainer in a health club or in a larger entity and you're looking to brand yourself, you know, like it sounds like, and I'm going to spark note it here. I won't post this as the audio snippet, but you need to figure out your demographic, who you really want to work with, what that looks like. You need to figure out how you're going to reach that person as far as what they want to hear. Not like how meaning modality or, or, or the media you're going to use, but what that person or that type of person wants to hear. And then, I mean, like you said, and I actually think that was probably the best thing you've said in the entire hour we've had this conversation is how much you're willing to spend or reinvest into finding that person because it's hard. Like it's, I'm in an industry where it's very expensive to find a new client. It's a lot cheaper to retain who you have. And I think it's probably like that in most industries, but the retention is where, what you want, but finding good people to retain is, is really like the bread and butter. Like that's just no doubt about it. Like I have like four people that I think are like the best clients I have. I work to retain those every month, every week, whatever it might be, depending on their contracts. And like, that's, what's really important. It's a lot cheaper to keep a customer than to find a new one. Do you have Um, any strategies on, on retention? Like, does anyone ever come to you and be like, Hey, we're pretty good for as far as who we've got, but we want to retain them. Like what are some media strategies or marketing strategies to retain clients? Or is it more just relationships? It might not be a thing. I'm just kind of making that up. I mean, a lot of that's relationship. I mean, as marketers, our job is just to get them there. You know, our job is either A, get them to call you, B, get them to walk through your door, C, get them to go to your website. You know, I mean, it's just basically to get them to make some sort of point of contact with you. Your job is to sell them and to retain them. You know, a lot of that's going to do with your customer service, your product, your, you know, whatever it is you're doing for that customer and making sure their experience is one that they can A, go and share with someone else, but B, one that they're actually satisfied. Yeah. We, you know, we don't do that part of it. No. You know, we get them there. Your part is to, to close. And that's, you know, we've had clients that do digital stuff with us and this is actually, you know, the, the best thing about digital. So we had a client that was doing, um, you know, like a pay-per-click program where it's like Google AdWords. And what we do is we could actually record phone calls when they click to call off of a mobile device. So when you Google something on your phone and you see that like button, that's like the call, we actually record that. And what we found, yeah, so we worked with, yeah, (laughs) so we worked with a car dealer and what we found was, you know, we were getting a bunch of phone calls to this car dealer, but they weren't seeing the increase in sales. 
So they decided that they wanted to try to cancel their, their campaign with us. And we were like, whoa, 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 like, let, let's look into this before you cancel it. And when we went back and we listened to the recordings that we had, there's people on their phone line was trying to sell someone a car over the phone. And that's why their sales didn't increase rather than just trying to get that person to go there to test drive. Yeah. They were trying to sell the actual car over the phone. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it too is you got to evaluate what your process is and what your salespeople are doing and just the whole customer experience before you evaluate what your marketing plan did. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to say too is, you know, I understand you want to grow, grow your, your, you know, your customers and stuff like that. And those are the key things you got to look for with your marketing, but you also just got to have to have a, your marketing goals. Set a goal, set, you know, set the main objective that you want, whether it's you want more foot traffic, you want more phone calls, you want more web traffic, you want just more sales, just more podcast that. clicks, more plays. We got to This is your first podcast. You got to keep doing first more episode. More. We'll see how good you are. Cause you know, there's not, you got four viewers on Instagram. Um, you got actually, it's like up to like seven. Um, ladies, I'm single. Hit me up. It's, actually, it's your sisters. Oh yeah. And one of them's pregnant. That's weird. Damn. Anyway, it's been fun. It's been real. No, we're not. No, bad. no, we're not done. It's been real. Fun. We're not done yet. Cause you, the last thing I want to ask here, and this is the last of the critical. This is a critical. No, this is a critical conversation. This is long form. This is not a three things. Good thing I'm paid by the minute. You're not paid at all. Um, no, it's not fucked up at all. So, you mentioned you get like research and different trends and things like that. What might, and this might be, honestly, this might be like the most valuable thing anyone literally listens to in this whole episode. What are some like sneaky marketing platforms or marketing strategies that either are up and coming or are kind of making a resurgence? Go. Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, that's tough. Like, I mean, give me, give me your hunch. Right, I don't well, care if you're wrong. I'm not here's recording my bias this. answered. Uh, everyone thinks that less and less people watch live television. That's actually factually incorrect. The VAB board, you can look up my uh, resource. What's VAB stand for? Um, the Video Association of Broadcasting. Wow, he knows. Because um, don't worry, I'm not going to tag your boss's wife in this podcast post at all. God, I really hope that's what <laughs> I really hope that's what for. Shout out to Robert's um, boss's wife. Who's anyway, there's a bunch of research out there, and a lot of people still choose live television what they do is they go binge watch their favorite tv show on netflix Hulu, whatever and they they can't make a decision on what they want to watch they go back to live that sounds like my that sounds like my life uh the other thing is you know a lot of it has to do with the credibility of where you're posting your ads um you know if you're online and you're on a local news station's website you know when you see an ad on that website it's a lot you probably trust it more and are more likely to click on it rather than going online and searching something on google finding a random blog or random web page that has an ad for a random service on it and clicking on it. <laughs> Make your jokes. I know what's going <laughs> no, on. Here, no, no, this I'm not. Fucking, I know this it's a family. This is a family. Yeah, this is a family podcast. Anyway, I'm not going to say Pornhub. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Yes. I mean, a lot of it has to do with where you're, where you're running your ads. Um, but I mean, there's really not one thing that's going to dominate, you know, uh, pay-per-click programs when you, you know, do Google AdWords, it's great because you can put in keywords. So if you, you know, have a keyword of personal fitness, anytime someone types in personal fitness, you are eligible to be up at the top of the, the search engine for that. However, the negatives of that is when you stop paying for that, you're gone. 
you don't exist. So if you invest in your SEO, which is your search engine optimization on your website, long-term that's more valuable than doing the pay-per-click. But again, a lot of it has to do with what your budget is, what your knowledge is. If you know how to do that, if you know someone that does that, that's capable stop, of that. Stop fucking stop burping, burping on the fucking goddamn fed podcast. Me, fucking fed me with fucking chili peppers. God I don't know. Damn it. Stop it's it. It's hard. A good podcast. Great mic recording this episode. It is. It Jesus. Is. I'm having fun. How many, um, how many episodes have you listened to? Yeah. You want to get into Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really get into how many episodes have right you listened to? <laughs> Two. Two. Um, who? Who? What episodes gra- were graced? With fine. You? One. All right. One. Who? John Muldrow. What? John Muldrow. Which one? He's had four. Shout out to John Muldrow. <laughs> no, but I think that you know, there's like, not one thing that's going to do it, and that's well, I think the wrong. Well, what's give me? So about. you didn't answer the question. I'm going to call you out because you didn't answer the goddamn question. What is a sneaky good? Maybe it's not. And you said live TV maybe is like underutilized or underappreciated. But like where, what has like made the biggest jump? Maybe now you have something to do on Monday morning. Maybe I'm doing your job for you. What's up and coming? What's trending positively? All right. Well, A, I know I've said this a lot and I'm getting very repetitive, but a lot of it has to do with your business. But if you're a visual type of business, then yeah, I think social media is great. I think doing Instagram, I think doing Facebook, you know, if you, if you're a jewelry, you make jewelry. Yeah, you're goddamn right. Doing Instagram is great because you're getting your posts out there. You're getting pictures of all your product. And then, yeah, if you spend a hundred bucks on ads and someone sees one ad, maybe it's not a piece of jewelry they like, but they click on it and then go to your page and actually see other jewelry they like. Yeah, there's your return on investment. So I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with the different, you know, type of products that you sell, but there's not one thing out there that's just going to be like, oh, if I spend a thousand bucks on this, I'm going to become a, you know, I'm going to make five grand off of it. It's understanding a balance and being in front of the right people and understanding where your consumers are and what they're looking at and then getting in front of them on those platforms. So it's a really educated sale. Yeah. Where people should probably get a professional to help them. Well, the biggest issue is a lot of business owners, you're running your fucking business. You don't have time to focus on this or go to these classes or go online and, you know, learn on your own and, you know, educate yourself with different marketing tactics or strategies or tools or how to set up a a Facebook boosting program or how to set up a Google AdWords campaign. Kind of like our clients with fitness. They're so busy with their kids, their jobs, their life, exactly. their wife, their puppy, their whatever. They don't that know. They have people who do that fitness part for them. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what a Cozy Joe bear crawl is. Like they have don't to reference Cozy Joe on the podcast. Right. He uh, actually listens. Attaboy, Joe. <laughs> um, shout out, Joe. Um, but yeah, don't I mean, shout out on. It's no. not your podcast. Shout out, Joe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's exactly. I mean, there's. It's just. It's different for everyone. So there's not one answer that's going to solve every problem. So there's no one up and coming media platform. Billboards aren't making a comeback. I mean, no, Bill. I mean, billboards. What has your attention? Billboards will always be as the boss of a sales staff of how many? What has your attention? OTT. What the hell is that? Um, Over the top. So when you stream on Hulu, when you stream on Sling, YouTube. No. Not YouTube. It's not OTT. Okay. It's not OTT. Those devices. It's basically essentially Netflix? OTT. No. Well, yes, but Netflix doesn't do advertising. So, yes, yeah, essentially it's that. So, it's it's any of those streaming devices. It's called o- over the top. And it's essentially just getting ads on those devices. I think eventually the big cable providers 
are going to be selling more internet than they will be selling TV. You know, now they bundle TV, phone, and internet. However, nowadays, most people just bundle the TV and internet and the phone's gone. I think soon it's just going to be the internet. And I think a lot of people are just going to go OTT and they're going to just stream everything they need. I mean, we're as a news station, we're already on those devices. We're on Roku. We're on Apple TV. You can download our app and you can stream all of our newscasts. So you don't even have to have a cable. I mean, we're broadcast. So you don't even have to have a cable provider to begin with, but people don't know that. People don't have the rabbit ears like they used to. Hmm. Interesting. I think that will eventually be, I mean, it's going to take a lot longer in Vermont. We're very rural. We're very behind the times in the cities. But if I'm trying to target over. a more national audience, if I'm an online You're trainer. You're trying to target a national audience. Absolutely. You're trying to target a national audience in an online. Absolutely. You know, okay. Interesting. The best part about those two is you can do it geographical. You know, you could target just Vermont, New York, New Hampshire. You could go and you could target just California, Nevada, wherever. I mean, it's. There you go, people listening. I think that uh, get some OTT work, whatever the hell that means. Over the top, over the top. top. Uh, There's your little insider information. Get a little OTT specific marketing. Who knows? This has been fun. I appreciate it. You know, we're not done. And now we're going to start to wrap it up. Now we're going to start to wrap it up. up. We're going to start to wrap it up. Um, Robert Russ, where do people go to find some more information about you or reach you? And I'll put this in the show notes, but you can say it. Um, hey, if you want to advertise or you just want some marketing <laughs> consulting, give me a call, 802-318-0726. Wow, you go first person uh, with a cell yeah, phone. Cell phone. You're if lucky you wanna, I turned the IG hey, live off. If you're, uh, you're cute and you want to grab a beer, also hit me up on that number. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, I would say, you know, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. <laughs> you dropped a LinkedIn right? Uh, <laughs> I don't stop, have Instagram. Stop talking. Uh, just stop talking. I'll put your fucking email. Watch out, Rob. Sorry. No. <laughs> the only person to give his cell phone number and his LinkedIn. What's wrong with you? I'm embarrassed for you. This is no why we've shame. never done a fucking podcast. No shame. 37 episodes in, you're finally invited on. Nice job. 30 something, 37 or something like that. Nice job. Um, but uh, this is probably the second, definitely the second episode of the Critical Things, uh, Critical Conversations. Um, it definitely was long, which is why it's a critical conversation, but hopefully those that maybe are in a, a, a platform of business, um, or, you know, you're an independent trainer and you're looking to kind of market it yourself within a different entity kind of gets an idea of thinking about what maybe you should be doing as far as demographic or what modalities are out there for you, or maybe even it's worth it to invest in finding someone else, like someone, one of our clients for fitness would do, um, to help you with this because, the reality is we're really good at writing programs and understanding periodizations and progressions and regressions. But when it comes to which marketing platform is going to best fit your demographic, we can't give a really good unbiased answer just because we can boost an ad on Facebook for $10. Doesn't mean that, you know, $500 or something towards someone who really knows how to leverage that can really get a better ROI as to what we want. So that's what I'm hoping you guys can get away from this. Um, I, I, Robert just put his finger in my face. So I think I he has one more thing. thing. He's one more thing. Hold on. I'm going to move the mic okay. back. And this is legitimate. If you're ever going to spend money with anyone, just make sure you know what you're buying. There's a lot of scumbags out there that'll sell you on anything. So all I can say is I've worked with a lot of people and saved them a lot of money by just saying, Hey, do you know what you're actually paying for? So 
That is the last thing I will say. Uh, there's a lot of great, you know, marketing salespeople out there. So I'm not trying to give a negative vibe. I'm just saying, know what you're paying for, compare apples to apples, and then you'll see results. From one scumbag to another, this is One Shot Rob and CoachCaseyLee.com signing out. See you next week. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.